Well, we live in interesting times, don't we? Hello, everybody. It is Friday, the 12th of June, and we have woken up to Wall Street down 1,862.6.9%. 6.9% in a day. Normal these days, isn't it? Our market fell 188 points yesterday. That was 3.05%, as one of our members on Facebook says. That's the Collins Class Rule Trigger, down 3% in a day, and you're supposed to halve everything. And if it goes down another 3%, you sell everything that's left. The other observations at the beginning here is that all the recovery sectors are falling over. Oil price down 8.3%, for instance. And the travel trade really seems to have come to an end. The Federal Reserve has made it very clear with its meeting this week, even though it left rates unchanged, that the outlook is going to be a slow recovery. And one of the headlines in the US overnight said, $22 trillion worth of stocks now hinges on a rapid economic recovery. And the Fed have just told us that that won't happen. We're moving from recovery enthusiasm to economic reality. Yesterday, I had that flip chart that I've used in the back of my ABC TV crosses that says panic. We've had that tick, bounce, tick. Reality, it's just started and bull market not yet. As everything goes glass half empty, all the negatives have started to roll in. The US is talking about a relapse fear. Pandemic resurgence, says the headline. Some US states as well are seeing a rise in case numbers again. There was this quote in the newswires, deaths of Americans from COVID-19 could reach 200,000 in September, a grim result of the United States economic reopening before getting growth of new cases down to a controllable level, according to a leading health expert. So we're now worrying about the recent lifting of restrictions, which was powering the stock market along being premature. There there are so many things you can just pile in as negatives if you chose to at this point. And I'll come to a few of those. There's plenty of worry if you want to go looking for it. And I think as far as travel's concerned and, and the global economy, if you look at the case numbers, they are still flying up in Brazil and India and Pakistan and South Africa. We're going to develop into a two-tier world of countries that are either virus safe, places like New Zealand now, obviously, and those that aren't. And it could be years before some countries make it into the safe club, before they're allowed to, or before any country will allow them to fly in. It will really change things for the global economy, for travel industries, tourism, hotels, everything for countries if people can't move around. And it looks like that could be a long-term state of play. And if we want to wallow in negatives, what turned the market in March after the February correction was trillion dollar stimulus packages from central banks. They're already out there. Uh, if this if this sell off turns into any sort of correction and the, the US Fed starts to try to support financial markets again, there's, there's no card left for them to play now. It's done that. It's out there. The settings are already on full throttle. And if the market falls over, there's nothing they central banks can do, surely, to catch it. So this stimulus narrative, which has been very positive for the markets in the short term, could also turn negative and could turn itself to thinking about the risks and consequences of money printing, which the market has simply ignored so far. Otherwise, things happening overnight, as I say, Boeing down 16%, airline sector actually down 13% in the US, energy trade is ending as well, oil down 8% overnight. All the sectors that we're exposed to on the way up, financials, travel, energy, resources, Sources, all now taking a hit. The other chart of note in the strategy piece today is the VIX volatility index. Last two days shot up, changed trend. You have to 
pay some attention to that. So today, there are a few lessons. Next time we find ourselves standing at the desk punching the air in delight, as we wrote about on Monday and Tuesday this week, when Wall Street went up 1,300 points in two days. Next time we find ourselves doing that, we will sell. (laughs) It has been a fabulous ride. The herd now, though, is moving direction, and our game is to watch the herd and not stand in its way. And when the herd sells quickly, you have to believe it. They are bigger than us, and they are also prone to hangovers. Short, sharp moves like this tend to start trends, so we have to respect that. As I've written about early today in the strategy piece, I wanted to get that out nice and early for members. I was up at half past five. I have an alarm clock which goes off if Wall Street falls more than 3%. No, I don't actually, but I wish I did. I was up anyway. But we have made some significant asset allocation decisions today. Now, I can't talk for Henry. You'll have to read Henry's take. And I can't talk for the Marcus Today newsletter portfolios run by Chris. But from my point of view, we can go to cash. We are brave enough to go to cash. We've proven that. And we want to, if the market's going to head down and glass is going to go half empty, which it very easily could with all the information that's around, all the economic negatives and all the virus negatives, it easily go half empty. Last time the market fell over, APT, for instance, fell 85%, 85.4% from the top in February. It then bounced 550%. So we're talking about 2 or 3% at the top here. It's not really the point. The point is we are taking the bet. Oh, taking the bet. It's not really a bet. We are just getting out of the way just in case the herd absolutely drops its pants again. And, you know, in the world of high frequency trading and particularly ETFs, which have become a large part of the market, as we found out in February, the selling feeds the selling. So, yes, it was a terrible night. Yes, today or or this evening, we might find Wall Street up a thousand points, but we're in a new, new mood and it's very volatile. And we want you as members sleeping well, not just long term, but we want you sleeping well this weekend. That means cashing up. Do I need to justify cashing up? The S&P 500 represents $26.52 trillion worth of stocks trading on 22.1 times. I'd kill for 22.1 times my last year's profit number. The US market's always overvalued thanks to the technology sector, but either way, it's not cheap. The NASDAQ is $16.18 trillion worth of stocks trading on a P of 29.36 times. That's even beyond fantasy. Uh, the S&P 500 is back at the top of the pre-COVID-19 long-term trading range, top of the trading range with all the economic damage we've got. The NASDAQ is back at an all-time high prior to last night, of course. There's nothing cheap about the US market. If the herd decides to sell it, there's nothing on a valuation basis to persuade them otherwise. Plus, on the technicals, there are RSI and MACD sell signals on everything this morning, NASDAQ, S&P, anything in the US. And there was an RSI sell signal on the ASX 200 yesterday. We have a real risk that we get this wrong, don't we? That we cash up and the market keeps going up. It doesn't really matter. We have had a tremendous run. We just want to lock that in. How long will this sell-off last? No one knows. I don't know. Day, a week, a month? Who knows? All I can tell you is trends start with sharp moves and and this is one. So we're just going to assume this is potentially the start of a new downtrend. We can always buy it back if it's wrong. We can always reassess next week. But if it does fall over, we want to have the cash around because we want to take advantage of the market fall. We don't want our investors and you as members stressing over the market. If you read our Facebook discussion site today, you'll see almost every member is encouragingly, maybe we've taught you something on the same tack, looking to sell, selling everything. And this selling everything is is becoming a Marcus Today thing. 
And I think in volatile markets, that works. The experience of February is that this could accelerate very quickly, possibly because of exchange traded funds and the selling could feed the selling and that could quickly extend. So, and even if we get it wrong, it doesn't matter. Our priority is to lock in the extraordinary gains we've seen in the last few weeks. And if that comes at the cost of missing out on an immediate bounce and not making a profit, that's a lot easier to handle than now losing money. Capital preservation is paramount. And so we're just getting out and we'll have a, we'll reassess. No, we're not calling it for six months. We're not going to reassess in a month's time. We're going to reassess on Monday and then we'll reassess on Tuesday and we'll keep doing it like that. As far as what stocks to sell, read the strategy section. The victims are those that have done really well in the initial rally, which is energy, hotels and restaurants, real estate investment trust technology, media banks, transport, stock market stocks, sentiment driven growth stocks, that sort of stuff. The survivors, if you want to buy anything, I'm not sure I would. I can show you a list of companies that outperformed when the market fell in February. And I put that list in there today. That's things like consumer staples, healthcare, food, telecoms, A2 Milk, CSL, Ramsey Healthcare, ResMed, FPH, Woolworths, Coles, Telstra, Wes Farmers, AST, Medibank, MPL, TPM, Domino's, Coca-Cola, Ansel. You'll see the list in there. And if you really want to profit out of this, have a read of Henry's stuff. He's been talking about the bear ETFs. That's too aggressive for us. We don't need to be profiting out of the fall. We just need to be locking in the gains. Otherwise, gold is the other obvious sector. A big day. Good luck, everyone. To our investors, leave it to us. To you as members, look after yourselves. You know what to do.